What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey Woodyrites, it's producer Christine here with some community announcements. On February 24th at 11 a.m., we will have yoga with Tori at Lyft Coffee Roasters. Only for $10, check out her Instagram at yoga with Tori for more information. Also, later on you'll hear in the episode, there's going to be a fundraiser at Chili's at the Quad. The address is 13580 and they're open from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. So swing in there for happy hour and then give 15% back to Whittier Museum. Also, we have Steel Magnolias, which is a play going down with the Whittier Community Theater on February 24th, 25th, and March 3rd, 4th, 5th. There's matinee and March 10th and 11th. Call the box office at 562-696-0600 or go online to whittiercommunitytheater.org. Our last event is our same event we have every week. Don't forget to go to the Whittier Farmers Market. Support some local farmers out there every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Get some coffee there. Get a few treats. It's the end of the week. And um, enjoy. All right, guys. Have a good day. Have a good week. Bye. back with another awesome podcast here with what's up Whittier and today we're actually uh recording at a different studio mm-hmm. Remo where are we at today we're in the Whittier Museum and this is our biggest group that we have uh, interviewing usually it's one person or maybe two uh actually no it's always been one yeah it's, it's always been one. been one yeah so you guys are our biggest group so we are excited and excited because we're at the museum I mean mm-hmm. I just took a little stroll before we got in here you're on so, the phone. <laughs> well, I was on the phone. Let's get that so, right. See, okay. I was uh, I was doing two things at once, right? Yeah, you're multitasking. Okay. Multitasking, man. So, uh, so uh, today we're gonna be talking to Tim Traeger, Kyle Smith, Lydia Espinoza, hey. and uh, say hi, guys. Hey. hey. What's up, Whittier? And and uh, it's gonna be fun. So so uh, let's try to have some fun here, okay? Yeah. Sounds good. I know I know what the museum is usually don't touch. Uh, keep your hands to yourself. Uh, keep a little hush-hush because uh, we want the patrons to enjoy it. But today we're going to get a little crazy in the museum. Sounds good. Right? Let's do this. <laughs> right on. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, well, maybe an introduction really quick of, of each of you guys. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, to start. Good afternoon, Whittier. I'm Tim Traeger. I'm Executive Director of the Whittier Historical Society and Museum. And this place is a real community gem. If you've never been here, uh, please come. You know we're open from one to four on on Fridays and Saturdays for docent tours, but uh, as long as we're here, I, uh, we never turn anybody away because we want to share Whittier's history and culture with as many people as possible. And uh, and Kyle, hi guys. Uh, my name is Kyle Smith. I'm the Office and Archives Manager here at the Whittier Museum. I've uh, been here about a year and a half and couldn't have have asked for a better job coming out of college. So. Hi. Okay. Hi. I'm Lydia Espinoza. I'm vice president here at the Whittier Museum. And the museum is great. We preserve the first hundred years of the city of Whittier. So we're really here for the community. And it's something that I think everybody should take uh, advantage of and just really enjoy the history here at Whittier. Lydia, do you have a specific role with with the museum? Well, I'm vice president, president elect. And my focus is on 
rebranding, just really taking care of the image and getting the museum back out there with the community and building relationships with the local businesses. Very cool. Yeah, you know, one of the things, Jesse, is a lot of people come into this museum and they look around and they go, wow, I've lived in Whittier all my life. We have one? That's right. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, we do. It's 15,000 <laughs> square foot of museum. And a funny part about this building, it was built in uh, 1947 with 18-inch reinforced concrete walls. And the reason they did that is because they housed all of Los Angeles's telecommunications here. It used to be a Pacific Telephone building. Well, if you think about 1947, we were at pretty much the height of the Cold War. So uh, the powers that be in Los Angeles wanted to make sure that if the Russians nuked us in Long Beach or the Port of Los Angeles, we could still make long-distance phone calls from here. That's very interesting. And now that we're talking about cell phones, can, can reception go through those 18-inch walls? Uh, it does uh, pretty well. In some places, it, it's a dead zone in here. Wow. Yeah, mostly the, the second floor. Yeah. Second floor. Wi-Fi will not get up to the second floor at all. How, how the things, how, how it changes, right? Like one thing, back then you're thinking about trying to prevent people or missiles or anybody trying to break in to a telephone company. Now you're trying to get that signal out of the building. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it really works that way. You want to connect to that Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry, uh, before, before we're getting into the building or the history of the building, uh, I wanted to ask you, so you said you're, you maintain your records? So I'm the office and archives manager. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? So basically doing everything from accounts payable to, you know, keeping care of the archives that we house here, uh, making sure that everything is you know, properly housed. Um, you would believe that there's acid or acidity in paper, and so yeah. we have non-acidic files, uh, making sure that our glass slides are preserved. Um, just overall care and uh, consciousness of this place and protecting the history that we house here. Should you wear the white gloves? You know, it's uh, some some items require the white gloves. Uh, others, like textiles, we have a gigantic textiles collection here that we're really proud of. Um, and some of the you know top textiles collections in the country, they don't even use white gloves. So they said, you oh, know, man. they don't bother with it. So might be one of those things that are also changing um, yeah. over the course of history. So you're um, saying you start, you were going to college and then you finished and then you came here. What did you go to college for to come into the, the well, world I'll of museum? Well, first say Go Beach. I'm okay. a Cal State Long Beach Long graduate. Beach. Uh -huh. And uh, I studied American history. I studied American there history and Middle Eastern history. So I was really fortunate to come in. I grew up in Whittier my whole life. Uh, I inter uh, interned here briefly. And then to end up here uh, working in this historical set yeah. set, uh, setting was just perfect. Uh, now, have you seen most of the archives? Have you seen Absolutely all of them? Absolutely not. No. Oh, okay. There's, there's no <laughs> there's way. Too many. There's, yeah. there's so much stuff here, um, and it's constantly finding new items. I think that's one of the most fun parts about my job. Absolutely. It's incredibly daunting. I mean, you come into this office, and it doubles as my office, and I see something different every single day, yeah. which is oh. kind of fun. Is there, is there anything that you've come across that you say, man, I, I, like, so far it's be been the best piece ever, whether letter or... I think for me... Uh, we were kind of going through some cabinets, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> Sorry, I, I got to laugh. It's, it's, uh, describe it for us, Tim. Well, this is the 37th president, or a model of the 37th president, holding up his famous I, uh, victory speech, uh, you know, the I am not a crook kind of, kind of sign. And I found it in this, in this room, and I thought, you know what? This is going to go on my desk because uh, I really love it. So we'll <laughs> definitely take a picture and put it in the description notes. It's like an old what? school bobblehead, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
What about you, uh, Kyle? Oh, it's definitely these hand-painted glass slides from uh, 1915. Uh, one is of the red car going through a citrus grove, an orange grove specifically. Um, one is of Broadway in Los Angeles, um, and you see the red cars there too. And they're just kind of holding something that's that old yeah. in your hand is pretty kind of kind of remarkable. So. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, so so my building, I'm I'm in my office is in the uh, Nixon Building or Bank of America Building. Um, every day that I walk into that building, up the elevator, down the halls, I mean, the building hasn't changed because it's it has a historical uh, a category, right, or protection. Mm-hmm. Um, I always imagine like kind of like going back to uh, what's that uh, what's that TV show uh, Mad Men, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, Absolutely. guys in suit and suits, you know. Uh, cigar in one hand a cognac in the other walking down these halls that i'm walking down you know and how i'm walking in jeans and shoes and a shirt and, 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 right yeah. on the, a on the coffee sixth cup floor, and right? on the sixth floor was nixon's office yeah, yeah so yeah we've been in that office um yeah. i don't know who is operating out of it now but yeah, president nixon had his law office in that building at one yeah. time and it, it, for me, it's one of those things where, like, I'm walking through it, and it's, it's again, it's that experience, like, man, I, I'm walking the same halls as, you know, Nixon or, or his buddies. I don't know who else he hung out with, but I'm guessing famous people. Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's like I'm walking in the same halls, you know? Yeah, Obviously, nobody else sees it, right? Yeah, just well, that's me. one of the coolest parts <laughs> about <laughs> local history is when people just walk down their street, I think they forget to realize that there were people there before them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and just yeah. because it's not in a history book doesn't make it any less significant. Yeah, so that's what a, we're trying to do. Yeah, here with a lot, a lot history. of people, a lot of people, I think, take history for granted. Yeah, they don't realize where they came from, you know. And if if you don't know where you came from, you're you're uh, you're apt to repeat the same mistakes. Right. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. So so talk again, going back to uh, uh, the streets. Like, uh, is there like a spot for you, Tim, that you you kind of walk down, kind of like me? If you you put yourself in in, in somebody else's shoes from way back when and uh you envisioned that to be what it was originally is there a specific location or street or building that kind of you know know, i I think for me it's it's pretty easy you know they've got that statue of john greenleaf whittier up at central park Park. okay and i always stop by and say hi to him when i walk by nice Uh, because i I think of all the people that came before me and all the people that ran this city before me and all the people that enjoy that thing that that cements the center of the city every day so that 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 statue is probably my best Whittier place. Okay, Kyle, I think it's got to be Philadelphia and Greenleaf, uh, right where the Bank of American Building is, because that's where uh, the founders, when they set up this town, that's where they wanted the center of, you know, Whittier to be, and kind of being up there. And I think there's even a plaque right in front of um, Rocky Cola. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where they they drew the first lines yeah. of the city. The survey line. Survey yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. There you go. The architect. Lydia, you got anything, a, a specific spot? Uh, yes, they do. Actually, I like the four bricks. It's one of my favorites um, because it's not only is it the four bricks originally from Whittier, but also it's now turned into a restaurant. And then here in the museum, we have a panorama display that recreates what Whittier was before there was paved roads. And again, you can see those same four four little cornerstones. So it's really cool to connect it from the diorama to like the actual eatery now yeah (laughs) and now the eatery so i think it's really cool just to continue that rich history and that kind of theme that kind of goes throughout whittier and you can find it in all types of businesses here yeah and it's really cool just to have that continuity i guess you could say and and one other place i really like uh is also run by the historical society and that's the bailey house okay the jonathan bailey house up on camilla street Mm -hmm. was the very first residence in whittier 
So, I mean, when you think of town hall meetings, they had their town hall, town hall meetings right out on their front porch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, and that, uh, that house is open on Sundays uh, from, from 1 to 4. And uh, if anybody hasn't seen the Bailey House, they've got to go by and see it because it's like walking into Whittier in the 1880s. Does it have the same smell and feel? Same and smell. <laughs> it's got period furniture. In fact, they don't let anybody in if it rains because they don't want any, oh. they don't want the carpet to get messy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do they still give you sugar cookies? They do if you ask. Oh. So, listeners, there's the trick. If you go to the Bailey house, ask for sugar cookies. And they're the rest. They're Miss Bailey, um, Bailey's not, recipe, right? Okay, not anymore. So, oh. so honestly, oh, you should you should oh, just kept it as yeah. a kiss. No, 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 they're honest, they're cookies from way back when. <laughs> okay, I they're one hundred years old. But those cookies, and I'm sorry, Mrs. Bailey, those cookies were terrible. They had oh. zero sugar. It was awful. So we have better tasting cookies now at the Bailey house. So, I think when I was in the third grade, I got like the bad cookie. Oh, you got a nasty, a nasty cookie. So yeah. now it's a new and improved, right? Oh, yeah. so That's awesome, man. See, I, you know. Got a little gems, yeah, right? I, I live in uptown, and I most of the stuff I'm just learning now, even being here for five years, because, mm-hmm. you know, something like this. I, I didn't, the first time I actually came to the Whittier Museum, so I'll close my eyes while I say this, and, and <laughs> you know, hopefully they don't get anything Shame. thrown on, mm-hmm. was last month uh, when we had the event, or a month and a half, or whenever it was. Your or, social media event, yeah, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. So up until that time, I mean, I've been in the uptown area working for about eight, nine years, and living for five years, and so... Um, I, I didn't know about it. So, you know, stuff, a podcast like this helps get the word out to people to come and check out the museum. Absolutely. And now you're going to go around and tell everybody you know about it, right? Yeah, f- of course. I mean, just the stuff that I, I didn't know they give sugar cookies out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just all the little little things. I mean, I see the, the green leaf uh, statue because I live, you know, in the Central Park area. So I, I see it. But I actually saw... A video. I think I was on like Channel Three, and it was we did I, channel. yeah, and it was. I think it probably you, you guys might have the video, and it talks about John Greenleaf and his story. And you know, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but he, I think he was like a, I want to say a drunk, and then he oh. fell off of a horse and. John Greenleaf would here? No, maybe not him, but I was. One of the Quaker, <laughs> so, so maybe, yeah. All right. So that, that's maybe the coffee and the alcohol I'm drinking is kicking no, but in. I, I, know, I know who you're talking about. I've heard of that. Yeah. And, and I forget his name, but. Oh, uh, was it a founder? Yeah. It was, a, it was it one was, of the founders, yeah. I want to say Turnbull or. Yeah, it was Turnbull. Robert Turnbull. It, was, Robert Turnbull. it wasn't Bailey yeah. and it wasn't. Yeah, it was Turnbull. And he fell off his horse, I think, and died. In like he drowned after oh he fell God. off his horse. Something weird. I was watching it when I was building some IKEA furniture, yeah. and at the end of it, I was <laughs> like, "This is so sad." Yeah. <laughs> well, the fun fact is, John Greenleaf Whittier, uh, the the city was named after him, but he never set foot in this town. He was uh, he was too elderly. He, he grew up on the East Coast, and when the time came for the city to be named Whittier. He said, yes, you can use my name, but uh, I'm not going to make it out. So it was kind of a little irony, a little ironic fact that Whittier never had Whittier in it. So, But who was requesting that they use his name? Is there, Do you know the story behind that? So that was uh, Jonathan Bailey, and I'm going to probably butcher the name, but it's Aquila Pickering. Uh, they wrote, and they were Quakers, and the whole plan was to make a Quaker settlement on the West Coast, strictly, you know, strictly Quaker religious um, but when they wrote to Bailey or to Whittier, uh, he requested that any denomination that wanted to settle would be parceled out some land because he wanted to be an inclusive town and not just solely uh, Quaker and exclusive. So, 
That's deep. That's deep, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, that he That's was really a famous good. poet, so yeah. it, it lends to him. Yeah. Didn't he rename a poem for Alex? Or for he the he had a poem previously written for, I believe, his nephew, and then he changed some of the the wording and uh, gave it to the city of Whittier after that. So, but yeah, but never made it over here, like Tim said. He was here in spirit. There it is. Here he still spirit. is. Yeah. In the park. And in, in the, the park. park. Uh-huh. Exactly. Hanging out in the park. Oh, not, I'm just like I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up here with the I don't I don't know what's fact and what's fiction or what you know. What do you What do you need What do you need clarity on? So is he buried in the park? No, 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 no. no. His statues uh, in the park. His statues in the park. I'm like, what's in this coffee, Jesse? Let me check. I think I'm the one drinking and riding a horse. So if you if you want to get into you know who's buried where, Founders Memorial Park. Still has a lot of residents, although the headstones are all now gone. Um, so how does that work? I, I've heard that before. I mean, I mean. So and so that was. How is it not still like sacred or? or? Um, it was owned by the Dorland family, and I believe it was the Dorland family, and they were taking care of the cemetery up until they didn't have any more children, and I believe it was the last niece didn't want to take care of it anymore. It fell into disrepair, um, and in the 1950s, the city basically closed it down. And then deemed it a public nuisance. Yes. Um, and then they reached out, tried to find the next of kin, and basically said, "Hey, your great great, you know, so and so is buried here. Do you want to move them somewhere at our cost, or do you want to just kind of not deal with it?" And so a lot of the f- people just elected to say, "Hey, we won't deal with it." And the tombstones got removed, and a lot of people are still there. So. Wow. And how long was this? This was roughly. This was in the fifties. In the fifties, and then uh, many of those tombstones were moved to the Pio Pico Mansion. And they sat there for quite a while until the state said that they didn't want those tombstones there anymore. And then uh, my, one of my predecessors welcomed them here to the museum. So for 15 years, those tombstones sat in our backyard, wow. taking up a lot of space, and they were huge. Yeah. Um, uh, eventually, we, we got uh, a man in Acton who wanted to take them and uh, build a f- fake cemetery up by his ranch. And so uh, right after Kyle and I first started, uh, two truckloads of flatbeds uh, of tombstones moved to Acton. And uh, frankly, you know what? I I miss the tombstones themselves because of their historic value, but uh, it's nice to have the space back. Yeah. (laughs) Two two questions. How big and how, well, you said they were big, but how many of them were there that you guys had 40 or 50? More than that, I think. More than that. It filled up a whole bed, didn't it? Well, there was two truckloads mm-hmm. and basically they were stacked maybe five six feet high and it took up our entire backyard yeah um so how did they over 100 wow. how did they find you or did you find them i mean he reached out to reached us out before to us. or wow. reached out to the historical society before we even got so here. wasn't he saw a craigslist post and <laughs> no, said, no, no, no 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 somebody Offer put up. on instagram yeah. said yeah, anybody want to pick no, these up yeah nothing like that <laughs> that's very cool oh man so so uh, give us another fun fact them. Well, we still have well, some of the tombstones here, and those are on the display. Ones, uh, yeah, they're currently on display, and they're the ones related to the Millhouse family. Yeah, and so that would be the Richard Millhouse family. Yeah, so we still right. have those. And then before they all left, we actually had a local art exhibit. It's called the Sir Biennial, and one of the artists used a few of the art, the tombstones in a, in their piece for the for the biennial. So it was kind of cool to have that kind of little tied to the community before yeah. they left. I think my favorite name on one of the coffins, it says Edward Coffin. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. 
it's uh, it's ironic, right? It's like you're gonna someday die, but you're gonna be put in a coffin. Well, I think name his name might have been it. Coffin, right? It was Coffin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> right? It's like, was, it, was it spelled like C-O-F-F-I-N or C-A-U-G-H? C-O-F-F-I-N. Coffin. Do you guys know the Coffin? Scary. There's a Coffin family. Do you think they changed their name? No. Doubt it. Tim, what are the fun facts or uh, uh, fact you got for us? Well, something really cool. We take people into our Queen Anne cottage. I take them into the kitchen. And, of course, it's a kitchen right out of the 1880s, right? So they look at the, the small wash uh, pail that we have in there, and they, it, it, of course, is over by the stove where they used to heat the water. So generally, uh, families in Whittier would bathe once a week. Uh, they'd heat the water from the stove, and they'd put it in the tub. The father would bathe first, and then the mother, and then the children in descending order of age. So that's where they got the term way back when, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> that's a little good one. Yeah. So so are we going back to, I mean, I think we should go back to once a week. I think you're close <laughs> to once a week. <laughs> we'll have to check with your wife, Jesse. Yeah, 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 we go in order. I'll go first. <laughs> um, Tim, sorry, I forgot to ask you. What were you doing uh, before you joined the, the museum? I didn't even know Whittier existed until 2007. And then Bill Bell retired as editor of the Whittier Daily News, and I was working in West Covina at the time. So I came down and filled in some pretty big shoes back in uh, 2007. And I enjoyed uh, working at the Whittier Daily News uh, for five years until, uh, until you know the newspaper industry kind of took a hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I went my separate ways, and, and it took me a while, but somehow, some way, I found my place here, and believe me, never in a million years did I think going to college that I'd be running a museum. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's just surreal almost. <laughs> but, but it's a it's it's a, a great feeling to to see the faces on kids on kids when they come here, and they realize something that they haven't ever experienced before. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a real positive thing for me, and it it uh, you know I just love history too. And you're a writer at heart. I am. Anything in particular that you like writing or? I love to write stories about people's lives. Interesting. You know, I, I like to write features, and I like to actually talk to people and find out what makes them tick. And that's a, that's that's kind of a hobby and a passion, and it always will be. Very nice. I got a, I got somebody interesting that I think uh, would be good for an interview. It's a guy sitting right next to me. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be your left yeah the other right yeah. if you've never I'm heard of Remo the Realtor no. this guy's uh, yeah. Remo so, the Realtor okay yeah. so you've been here with the museum now since uh, September of 2015 2015 so about a year and a half okay and so far I mean it's uh, it seems like you, you've no, got a lot of history or well, knowledge in, in the history I'll of the city I'll tell you what the, the biggest challenge is, is uh, keeping the doors open the biggest challenge is, is is trying to raise money for this place and it's worthwhile but um, uh, like any nonprofit out there will tell you, uh, oh, I, the way I describe it is, is being executive editor of a nonprofit or executive director of a nonprofit organization is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. You're constantly looking at the, at the, at the ground coming up on you. So you've got to keep moving mm-hmm. and, and you've got to keep pushing because this place is worth something. And, and thank goodness for the community. They, they support us pretty much every time we need help. They come. Yeah, and and I'll, because Whittier cares about each other. That's right. Yeah, it's a pretty tight tight community. Um, 
And uh, again, with so much history in the city, I mean, sadly, not a lot of people know about it. But I think if we could spread that word, um, you know, we hopefully could bring more people to kind of see the, the the stuff you guys got going on right now. You know, yeah, we're changing the, that. And the happening. exhibit, yeah. The, you guys have any exhibits right now currently? So currently, uh, Lydia, do you want to touch on this? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, that's one of the, I guess you could say, points that we want to make here in the museum. Actually, one of our ch uh, projects is to really up our exhibits uh, factor here. We currently have a crate label exhibit. We were donated a really nice collection of original uh, matted framed uh, labels of orange crate labels and that was like one of our major industries that founded the city of Whittier so uh, we have that on display right now and it's really cool to tie that factor in since that's like a really main I guess you could say founding item for Whittier mm -hmm. like we're known for oranges and for walnuts um, so we have that going on right now and we are tech currently prepping the space upstairs to bring in new exhibits like one of our major ones that's going to come up in the fall would be our earthquake exhibit and and that's tied to the, the bigger quick yes we had it's here tied in to the Whittier narrows october october 1st 1987 we had a 5.9 magnitude earthquake and it really changed the course of whittier's history before then um nothing really had changed a whole lot and all of a sudden many of the buildings in uptown were gone because they had just been shaken down. So, uh, you know, after that, the Whittier Conservancy was founded, and this, this city started going uh, in, a, in a different direction. Um, I think the, the exciting part about the 30th anniversary of the Whittier Narrows earthquake is that we're going to have like seven or eight different stations upstairs uh, from preparedness to education to earthquake studies to finding out, you know, what kind of earthquake was it? Was it a slide fall? Was it a, a shake fault? And um, I hope it to, to be as interactive as possible. So that that's that's going to be a big project, and, and we're going to try to aim for September on that one. But um, before then, we're involving children in the Whittier City uh, Whittier City School District, and they're they're uh, coming together for an art contest that we're going to be displaying in March. Um, and the theme was Whittier history through the eyes of a child. So uh, we've got a lot of neat entries in that, and I, I look forward to the community coming out and, and uh, seeing what, see what the youngsters came up with. Yeah, see what kind of perspective they have, right? It'll yeah. be really interesting, and I think that's, for me, exhibits are really important. Um, I come from a fine art background, so exhibits are what keep a museum alive and thriving, and kind of, mm -hmm. it brings people in. So what, like I said, our challenge is to bring and create exhibits that are, mm, that bring in the crowd, that really get people buzzing, or get the buzz here. So we do have those exhibits that are going to bring in the community. And also, aside, alongside the earthquake exhibit, we're going to be hosting the Sur Biannual, which is an exhibit I mentioned earlier. And it's with in conjunction with Rio Hondo College. And that's going to bring contemporary Latin, Latin artists, contemporary Latino artists, sorry. Um, and that's going to be a different kind of exhibit that hasn't really been here at the museum before. And I feel like that will bring a different kind of crowd and so it just the museum is, becomes more encompassing. It's like we have a historical factor, we have an artistic factor, and I think that's something that it, we can benefit from. And then also it just opens the doors to a lot of different opportunities. Oh, definitely. I mean, we, um, well, I say we, um, last, last month you guys hosted the uh, uh, Whittier's Young Entrepreneurs panel. Mm -hmm. 
Um, are you guys open to having more events like that, that where you kind of bring in the community? Definitely. That's definitely another factor for us. We want to have more, exib- uh, sorry, more events that are just community oriented because it's like at the end of the day, we think that the museum is here for the community. And so there should be events and, and activities and just have our doors open so people can come regularly and enjoy what we have on display as well as get to know each other, get to know each other, like all the Whittierites. Um, to get to know and in- interact with each other. So yeah, we definitely want to have some more um, events, whether they be pop-up events or just uh, activities, um, Saturday morning events, just stuff like that to really have everybody be involved. So as, as someone listening to this, maybe it's mm-hmm. a, a teacher or someone lives in Whittier, mm-hmm. how would you like them to participate? Is it them visiting the museum? Is it membership? Is it what, what, what do you guys need that maybe someone listening can help with? It's, well, it's all inclusive, you know, I mean, the, f- the first step would be visiting us. The second step would be seeing what we can do for you and how, how we can enrich your life. Um, of course, we always want members of the Whittier community to join our family and, and join our historical society. And it's, uh, it's pretty cheap. It's like $25 a year for an individual or $50 for a family. And then they get unlimited use of the archives room that we're sitting in. They get uh, discounts off on the gift shop. Uh, they get a uh, monthly gazette newsletter that we send out so that, so that they can keep up to speed on what we're doing here. And uh, so, uh, you know, just jump in and, and, and embrace this place. You know, don't ignore it and drive by it like you always do every day. Right. You know? <laughs> and just to let you know, our hours, we're open to the public on Fridays and Saturdays from 1 to 4. And admission is completely free. Well, if you mentioned that you heard it in this podcast, you get two free admissions. <laughs> oh, two for one. <laughs> two for one. 20. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited. No, that's good. I mean, uh, you're right. People just, I myself, you know, we drive past it not knowing that this Jerk. exists. Right, <laughs> and, and that's what um, we want to change through our events yeah. is to let people know that we're here, we're open um, to the community, and then we also have different events too, so people can participate. Correct. In. So one one major one coming up is our tea and fashion show. Yes, we April do in 1st. April first. Yes, and that's our annual. We have two major fundraisers throughout the year, and one of them is our spring fundraiser, which is the fashion to a tea. This year, it's on April first, mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit of a fashion show and a tea and puts it together. We have a meet. We have an extensive textiles collection, so we actually pull uh, fashions from our own textiles collection. Some of them are modeled, some of them are, are carried down because displayed. they're a little bit, yeah, they're on display because they're a little bit delicate. And that is, um, that's one way for people to, to see what we have, I guess you could say, behind the scenes. And then there's also like, a tea. it's like a high tea, so there's like tea and there's finger sandwiches. So it's a really nice afternoon. So actual tea. Like yes, we do. Have... Actual tea. We'll be steeping and, and having our little With sugar pots. cookies. Sh- yes. Bailey. <laughs> the newer ones. The, the yeah. sweet yeah. ones. The, the, the edible ones. ones. Yes, <laughs> yes. Those, the modern ones. Uh, we have that. And it's just a really good way to experience the museum. We'll so, have more so is this an actual fashion show? Yes. This so is you're going to have show. a runway and everything? Yeah, we create a runway upstairs. Okay. And we usually have a young group of NCL. NCL. Yeah. The young girls from that group, we, they model the fashions. So we'll have this year's, like I said, it's fashion to a T. Last year it was a wedding theme. So we had, because uh, we have a really big collection of wedding dresses. So it had like oh, wedding really cool. throughout the wedding dresses from different eras. Here's a thought. Well, to generate some cash, any any opportunities to um, to to start putting some of those wedding dresses out for rentals, like.
Like a tuxedo? Oh, I don't. Oh, think like a runway? I don't think we do that. For $1,000 a day, I'll you can rent it. Jesse, you got to realize our, our core mission is to preserve, protect, yeah. and display items of cultural significance, not to pander them out. Oh, man. <laughs> and some of them are really delicate, so it's, yeah. you know, they're, they're just not wearable. So Jesse's renewing his vow soon, and he's looking yeah. for like a... See, I was trying to get a tuxedo and a dress. I mean, no. what a perfect opportunity. <laughs> right, right. Start shopping. Go crazy. So uh, along with that one, we also have our second major fundraiser is um, a night at the museum, and that's in November. And that is a wine and cheese. Well, it's more so like wine, food, uh night it's, it's a party yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's our major party it was gonna be a wine tasting and it became a wine drinking event and i think everyone who's ever attended has left with a good time definitely and, and a new smile a lot of memories and a lot and of a taxi or an uber definitely so it's just a, that one is geared more for the our guests to experience the museum you know we want them to come have a drink and and just start going through our exhibits and just have a really good time, really get to know the museum. So that's another, like I said, another major fundraiser. And then throughout the year, we host a smaller fundraisers, something we call Dine for Dollars. So actually tomorrow, uh, we're having our first one of the year. Well, technically oh, today. Oh, sorry. okay. Today, today. Sorry. So it's uh, today and it's at Chili's and it's a local Chili's at the Quad. And it's all day. So if you go in, if you want to have a night out at Chili's, go in, order your food, and just mention that you're there to support the museum, and they give us a donation. And yeah, make sure you mention us, please. Definitely mention us. We heard there was another fundraiser going on at the same time. So we definitely Aww. want to know. Yeah, we yeah. want to know that you're there to support us. And those are times throughout the year that or throughout the year that we can um, people can donate or and help the museum without with by just by going out and get some good food. And get some good food, definitely. Go, going back to the fundraiser real quick, what you said April 1st, Saturday. Yes. What, what are the times? What can people expect? Okay, and that's 11.30 to, to 2. So we have a silent auction that opens at 11.30, and the fashion show begins at noon. And those the tickets are $35 for members and 40 for non. And if you're a member, like I said, you could join the museum starting at $25. And then throughout the year, you get discounts on events like these. Awesome. Plus, you probably get the VIP treatment too, right? Definitely, always the VIP treatment. We give everybody the VIP, <laughs> VIP treatment. Jesse, everybody gets the VIP, including you, Jesse. Oh man, <laughs> especially. Right? And don't uh, forget to. We would like to have you kindly reply by March twenty fourth for our tea, so we have a good idea of who's going to be coming. And then for the other event, what's the the layout for the one in uh, with the wine in November? Oh, the layout. Okay, well, we start planning that. Actually, we should start planning now because <laughs> we do like to acquire different sponsorships and have a little different partnerships with local businesses. But um, that usually we have information going out by September. That's when we start getting our information. We start creating collateral mm -hmm. materials and start getting our in, uh, invitations out. And then for about a month prior, that's when we have our our guest list out. We start taking reservations. Uh, we also accept uh, guests at the door. You can always buy your ticket at the, at the door, which is great. And, oh, they're also available online. We've become a lot more web-friendly in these past couple years, which is really cool. So you could buy a ticket online. You can donate online. Just everything online. <laughs> Whittiermuseum.org. Yes. And then, obviously, if they want to follow you guys on Facebook or Instagram so they could kind of... Yes. Keep up to speed with all these events, future events. Where, where can they reach you guys or find you guys? 
Well, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and I believe Twitter. On Twitter, but it's not as active. Yeah, Twitter. So. We'll talk about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's Whittier Museum, mm-hmm. and just search, and we'll pop up. It's going to be a picture of the building, and find all your local history information right there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're trying to be more present on social media. We do try to post uh, often on Instagram and also developing our IG stories and mostly like behind the scenes, what we do on mm-hmm. a daily basis. What we're doing right now. What yeah. we're doing right now. <laughs> yes, we have some help in the social media department. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's just another way for them to connect with us. Awesome. What, um, in terms of features, like, like when, Tim, when somebody comes in, uh, wants to take a little tour with you, where do you where, what's the first spot you take them to to kind of showcase well, the museum? Well, generally they start on our main street and and it was designed by some fantastically gifted uh, woodworkers and artists. Um, we've got a, a right past our gift shop we have a Queen Anne cottage that will take you right back to Whittier in the 1880s. We've got uh, a simulation of the flume that used to bring water here from the San Gabriel River. Uh, we've got a barn where you can see how they used to shoe horses. Uh, back in the day when people had horses and didn't have cars, uh, you can see a, an old carriage that was driven by the one of the first doctors in town. Uh, we've even got a... Uh, so an ambulance, you're saying? Well, no, it's actually a carriage. <laughs> it's a carriage. It's a car- carriage. Full on Old school ambulance. Horse-driven carriage. And we have uh, Bessie the cow. Betsy. We have a, we have a full-size... Bessie the cow. Full size cow. She's What's the story behind? Right What's call the story behind? Call her Bessie. Call her LC. Call her everything. Just don't call her late for dinner. Because <laughs> she's dinner. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she's on <laughs> What's the story behind the, the cow? I mean, is she was well? It, Kyle, it goes back yeah. to our, so our dairy roots. What I've been told is that uh, there was the Pelissier and then the Quaker Maid Dairy, and we had um, Bessie in here because at one point the Pelissier Dairy had the most milk-producing cow uh, on the Guinness Book of World Records at one point. And that's, I, I have not checked my personal facts on that one, but yeah. that's that's what I was told by another docent. So I'm going to go with, with it. We're going with it. Done. Google it. There you go. So, so. Bessie, Bessie was the most producing milk cow. Yeah. However, however you want to say it. Yeah, yeah. The most okay. milk-producing cow in a year at one point. And so. she's still producing. She's still going. <laughs> still going. She's still Stuff, going but strong. she's still producing. Yeah. <laughs> What else, Tim? I, I know for me, my my kind of favorite piece around here was the uh, the the racing um, plane you got back here. Yeah, that that's uh, Bob Downey's Bob Downey's plane. Um, yeah, that was uh, Bob Downey. He was a, a great aviator, and he used to fly in this experimental plane that I don't even know how that how they got it in here. But if you look at it, the seat is so small, right? You can't even imagine any human being sitting in it. But he used to fly and race in it. And um, I'll tell you what, the Downey family has been a, a great friend to the Whittier Museum throughout the years. And, and uh, please, you know, I mean, if you need a deal on paint, go see Bob Downey Paints on Whittier Boulevard. Good. And ask him for a discount. I don't know. Tim's discount. Payable. Give me Tim's discount. Don't ask, don't get. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Kind of walk us through the museum again. Uh, okay, uh, well, then you, you go you go into that room, and we've got uh, exhibits. Uh, one kind of speaks to Monty's camera, Uptown. One speaks to the history of the building itself with telephones and uh, switchboards. And uh, we've got some really neat stuff to look at. One of the favorite, my favorite things in that room is a barber, uh, barber chair that Whittier or that uh, Richard Nixon got his haircut in. 
back in the back in the fifties, and we have like a little um, newspaper clipping that's by the barbershop chair, so you can see that he actually did get his hair cut in that chair. And another thing in that room that that's uh, pretty cool is kids walk by it all the time, and they look and they kind of squint their eyes and they point up and they go, "What's that?" And I go, well, "That's a telephone booth." Right? <laughs> what are the wires sticking out of that thing? Yeah, and then and then just further on down the line, uh, we have a replica of the red car that used to bring That's people right. from yeah. Los Angeles to Whittier uh, back in the 30s and 40s, and it's one of my favorite pieces. And kids can come in and ring the bell and stuff, and, and it's a uh, it's a nice time. And that that exhibit's tied into your what is it the first classroom or or schoolhouse or what was it a uh, it, yeah, it's a schoolhouse exhibit, and um, what we usually tell the kids as they come in here, it's, you know, hey, you can't touch anything, hands yourself, things like that. Once they get to the school, and once they've kind of been round up a little bit, um, it's touch everything. Touch everything, <laughs> get it all out before we take you up to the second floor, and you can't touch anything again. So right. it's a big stress reliever. So Nice. Yeah, and they're pounding on keys on something that they call a typewriter. Right. What's that? What's <laughs> that? The other one I, I was looking at was the the model of the city from way back when. Oh, right. Yeah, the yeah, the, the diorama. <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, just talk about like again being connected to or being able to travel back in time and kind of see how the community was originally laid out. Um I mean, tell us about well, that. You know, way before the controversy of Matrix Oil drilling in the Whittier Hills, it's been done. Right. You know, Chevron and Standard, they, they drilled in the hills at the turn of the century, the last century. And so, so one of the things that diorama shows is where all the oil rigs were up in the hills way back when. And, uh, you know, that financially, that's where that helped Whittier get going um, economically. And uh, just like agriculture helped it out. And another fun fact, and, and this is disputed, but the Hass avocado was invented in Whittier. A lot of people will say La Habra Heights, but I'm claiming it for us. Uh, let me check that quickly. Yep, it <laughs> says it was on here. <laughs> Google Jesse. I just Googled it. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh, transportation depot, because I know that's kind of tied into the whole uh, orchards. And, and uh, Do you guys know anything about so that? Are you talking about King Richards, uh, the Whittier Citrus Association building? That's on or, or the one that moved down on Greenleaf. The one that's moved down on Greenleaf, when yeah. they moved the whole building. Well, here, just give us, a, give, give us a little history about, um, obviously, the town. I'm just going back to the, the exhibit that you guys got going on with the, uh, oh, the, orange, crate the orange crates and then how how they used to get packed here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they get they got uh, uh, set up for transportation. So, we're, so once they picked it out of the grove, it went where? It went to probably one of the citrus packing houses. Um, there was the East Whittier Citrus Association, and then there was the Whittier Citrus Association, which was now King Richard's, and that was kind of like the major packing house in the area. And, and that's where they'd be, be going and then shipped out just right on freight cars from there. Okay. Um, so the depot down, I believe, was actually just kind of a strictly like rail and transportation of people, not so much goods. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. See, I always understood it was uh, where they actually did – more railing rail uh transportation for the uh the oranges but i guess not yeah that would be the the actual packing houses yeah so okay yeah, the, King the freight cars took took the actual fruit and stuff but nice. but the passengers either went on the red car or they they went on um and that's where that's where it would stop and then from there head off to uh, los angeles or i believe so and it's crazy that you guys see that because um now i don't know if you guys heard but uh the city's been really involved in trying to bring uh, light rail mm -hmm. to yes, Whittier. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
again, talk about something that's been done before. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an important <laughs> it's aspect to the future of Whittier. Yeah. You know, getting the Metro line connected to Washington Boulevard and to PIH will open up a, a lot of uh, commuting opportunities for people that work at the largest employer in Whittier. Correct. Uh, Presbyterian Intercommunity Hospital. Yeah. So, um, so know. should we? So should we get? Do you guys have the plans of the regional uh, rail line so we could dust them off and take it to the next meeting and say, "Here you go." You know, I, I think <laughs> I, I think the rail lines are are changing uh, to move around cars. Yeah. There you go. You well, know? I think the the red line did come right up Philadelphia, yeah. and um, there was a a former resident of Whittier. I won't drop his name, but uh, he gave me my favorite story about Whittier. Uh, him and his buddies back. This is way back when. When they were bored, they'd just take some some grease and they'd just grease the track, and they they'd just hide out on the side of the road and watch this red car just kind of pull up. And then as soon as it hit the grease, it'd just get stuck and spin its wheels. And you know they came out through sand on the track or whatever they did, and you know they'd just be laughing about it. I'm just like, man, I'd go to jail so quick if I <laughs> right? did anything like that today. So. That, that wasn't Monty Wicker, was it? All right, well there's the name. So <laughs> I was gonna keep the hush hush. God bless his soul. He's a good man. What what are the little stories you guys got out there? Uh, with all this info, I, I, you guys should really think about starting your own podcast. Yeah, I man. mean, it'd be it'd be a good yeah. historical. It, it would be fun. Maybe we'll just kind of you know. Little pop historical. In with you guys. Yeah. I had a question. Um, the King Richard place. Yes. When did that stop being produced or used as a packing house? Do you guys know? Oh, I have no idea. Um, it was probably but the '70s or early '80s. Well, Sunkiss came over, and all these citrus uh-huh. associations kind of, you know, conglomerated into Sunkist, and so I don't know when the last shipment of fruit came out of. King Richards, technically the Whittier Citrus Association, so I have no idea. I stumped you. But it's <laughs> <laughs> you got me. It did give us our start. Mm-hmm. And now they're the uh-huh. Nessie store, one yeah. of the largest ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big, big, <laughs> yeah. big store. You can get lost in there. Yeah, totally. It's fifty-three thousand square feet. Jeez. It's amazing. It's a lot of antiques. It's cool to look through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you guys partnered up with the King Richards in terms of trying to either, yeah. I don't know, showcase or? Sell or well, you know what? Lydia can speak to that because we, we just uh, had Chuck uh, Caldera here. Uh, what was it, last week? Yes. Chuck yes. Garcera. Garcera, yes. Garcera. Chuck. Um, yes, we actually reached out to him because he does have one of the largest antique malls. And so we reached out just for some assistance to with our antiques, uh, just trying to see what, what we have, trying to decipher their value, I guess you could say. And then we are starting plans to, we'll definitely want to do something, a Whittier event, maybe a, part, a possible partnership. Uh, I know we discussed uh, before there was tours of Whittier that connected uh, the King Richards, the museum, and Crepes and Grapes. So people would have a, a tour when they came to Whittier. They would go to all these places and enjoy an afternoon. So I know that there's, we're working on that, bringing that back to Whittier because it would be great to have some sort of a coordinated activity for people who come. Yeah, so it's people a, can come and, and enjoy the museum and enjoy dining and enjoy shopping mm-hmm. in Uptown. I think that's a hell of an idea. Like a, like a tour bus in a sense that would well, drive that around. That would be the yeah. grand, yeah, so definitely the grand vision is to eventually That would be I was, really cool. I was thinking of kind of like you got the art crawl, you got the pub crawl, yeah, you got the historical crawl. But uh, just, I mean, just like you would have Hollywood, the Hollywood sign and all the things mm-hmm. there, you hop on a bus and you know, get a tour, a guided tour of the city. I think that'll be that'll be awesome. That would be. It, I think it would just be a way to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've spoken to some other businesses that are also interested in that too. Just having that shop and dine tour, mm-hmm. this historical tour, just something that kind of takes everybody or takes the guests to all the hot places. I guess you could say, yeah. all the uh, tourist sightings. 
you know, because we do have quite a few here in Whittier. I know I get a lot of questions when uh, my friends come or guests are like, oh, what's there fun to do in Whittier? And I'm just like, at first I'm like stumped, but then I think about it, I was like, no, we have quite a few, uh, I guess you could see uh, sites that people can go see. I mean, we have the museum, we have a lot of these places are historical buildings. I mean, we have the college, which is a beautiful campus and that's in its own right, its own like sightseeing place. So there's quite a few places that I eventually can tell people. I'm like, no, go here, go there, go eat here, because we have some really cool eateries. Mm -hmm. um, and then come visit us at the museum. And right. some, some of the best hiking mountains in the, yes, in the area. Yes, we have Hellman, which is great. I know we also have some other hills. that I, The Rio Hondo Sycamore. Oh, okay, they come. Uh, we have, I know cadets from the Rio Hondo Academy, Academy go train up there. So there's some pretty uh, steep hills. And, of course, I always tell people, if you always want to come to the museum, don't forget to selfie with Nixon. Oh, that Nixon. Yes, yes. We On the second floor. He's there. He's private, our resident. He's got private office. He works 24-7. Always working, working hard. And, and I'll tell you this, um, Kyle, I was here with Kyle a while back. I brought my kid in. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, he's he's uh, five years old. And... Um, so I kind of tell him, you know, trying to trick him so you get see what you what made is him react. walk into the office first, and it was right? dark because <laughs> Jesse didn't want to yeah. walk in. Jesse, Jesse didn't want to see it first, so he made go his turn child on the light. walk in first. Sebastian. So, so yeah, so so I tell him, you know, go go past that that office, and he walks, and he's walking like nothing, and all of a sudden he kind of he caught he clicked the lights, right? Yeah, and he saw it from his corner of his eye, and he starts freaking out, like you know. No, I mean, I think anybody who walks by, even, you know, yeah. when I come into the museum and I put my, put my lunch in the refrigerator, <laughs> I'm walking through, I'm just like, you know, just be seated there. Don't be moved. Don't get up. Because yeah. I will be out of this building <laughs> faster than anything on earth. So, but right, it hasn't it, happened yet. It gets everybody, right? It gets everybody every time. Uh, and, and again, talking about a kid, right, a kid's perspective, he, I, I don't know what his, what was going in his mind, but... He had this urge of having to. He needed to go touch him, to make sure that <laughs> that he he's was not. Yeah, he's not real. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and uh, and he took several attempts. Right, he kind of he he eased into it yeah, yeah. before. He, yeah, and you know, thankfully, one of the like hands didn't fall off or right? you know, any, <laughs> any more hair fell off because he's he's already losing hair. But you know, as long as people are you know respectful of our president or yeah. former president, uh, just go up and selfie with him, like Lydia said. So. Right. So tell us a little bit about that that uh, that uh, what do you call it, mannequin or I think what you, what, it's it a mannequin. Got it from the the Dorfman Company in like Indiana or or was it Massachusetts? Uh, no idea. Back in like well, there's a sign up there that says it, but we got it we got it back uh, early on uh, in the history of the museum, and it's always been extremely popular because it really does kind of look like President Nixon. Yeah. Just freakier, yeah. right? Totally <laughs> freakier. Yeah. Like that, it's like it's lifelike, but when you get closer, you can tell that it's yeah. it's, it's fake. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> but he's fun to interact with. Yeah, and everyone everyone enjoys you know just kind of you know making making a scene around there or yeah. you know answering the phone. We have you know a replica of the. the so it's a replica. I, I have right? a picture. Uh, a selfie See, yeah, picture even Remo Remo was <laughs> up there. So it's a replica. I took that picture. Yeah, you took that. You did. It's it's got his. Is that his desk and. And nice. it's got some memorabilia. Uh, his family was, you know, huge in Whittier, and they had several businesses, his brother and his father, um, from diners to grocery stores to a gas station. And so, you know, to kind of just only talk about the presidency, um, I think wouldn't even be telling his full full history here in Whittier. So tell us, I mean, history-wise, I mean, we all, we all know that, you know, he was our president, but what, 
what is it that he brings back to Whittier, or or why why him connected to Whittier? Well, one one of the one of the, the projects that that I've got going in the back of my mind is we're trying to get the uh, the Hubert Perry family to help us uh, renovate the Nixon Room and uh, build something that would be kind of a tribute to Hubert Perry because Hubert's father Herman was responsible for getting Richard Nixon into politics in the first place. So we can tie that in, plus Hubert Perry almost single-handedly built Presbyterian Intercommunity Hospital. So we're going we're gonna to gussy it up a little bit and maybe get to some interactive stuff going on so that when you walk into that room, you don't just get freaked out by Richard Nixon. <laughs> you have something educational that pops on a video screen on the wall that has a, him giving an interview from back when he practiced law in Whittier. So it kind of will be interactive and, and, and a little bit uh, less quiet than it is now. Yeah. So do you guys want to talk a little bit more about the actual history, like his life uh, here in Whittier? Well, he attended uh, Whittier College, uh, played football, uh, founded the Orthogonian Society there at Whittier College, um, was ironically a lineman for those football fans out there. And if you've ever seen Richard Nixon, um, he wasn't a lineman. He wasn't a lineman, no. <laughs> Maybe for that no. time. I don't know. It's I don't even think for that time. No, he, was and, ba- he was barely built with a kicker's physique. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but he, I believe, graduated from Duke Law School and then came back and practiced and had one of his first practices up in um, the Nixon building, now former B of A building. Um, lived in Whittier, met his wife in Whittier. and um, Met her at Whittier College. Yep. Pat Nixon. What are your guys' thoughts about the Richard Nixon mural that was painted um, so. what, last year in Uptown on Bailey and uh, Greenleaf? Right. I think it's great. And... Um, I think it's kind of an interesting representation. I mean, it's kind of like a famous image of him kind of being very intimidating. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he was famous for um, what you'd call red baiting. Um, So, but I think it's, uh, you got to kind of be in love with all of the aspects of history, you know, even kind of, you know, things that we made. Not the good thing. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and one thing about uh, Richard Nixon is he gets a lot of flack for Watergate. Mm -hmm. You know, Watergate was his Waterloo. Yeah. But uh, if you go into a little histor- historical background about Richard Nixon, he helped uh, found the EPA. He helped found a lot of organizations that help women. He opened the door to China for the United States for trade. He was the first U.S. president ever to visit there. So there's, you know, you can cast aspersions on Richard Nixon because of Watergate. But if you look back in history, he was a power president who really did a lot of good for this country. And that's that's the sad part, right? That everybody remembers the, the bad and forgets the good, right? So uh, it's human nature. Yeah, yeah. So what, what else? What are the good stuff we got going on here in the museum? Anything uh, uh, top secret that you guys want to throw out there? <laughs> well, well, if it's top secret, it'll be exclusive to yeah. just the yeah. podcast members. Well, you know how I was mentioning that the historical society walks around and basically hits people up, organizations up, the same ones up every year for for money so that we can keep our doors open. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, and, and I, I'm, I think my board agrees with, with us, that uh, if we were to generate some sort of revenue-generating arm of the museum, like, for instance, if we were to put a rooftop garden or a rooftop restaurant on the roof, um, that maybe at some point down the line we could start generating some income to support all the history and culture beneath it. And... Uh, 
I'm I'm really excited at, at that potential for the for the future. Um, it's not going to be cheap. Uh, you know, I think we priced it. It was like two point two million dollars. Right. So if there's any generous people out there with a, a big fat checkbook, um, make make uh, the two point two million dollars out to the Whittier Historical Society or two point one. That works. We'll figure out the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's the future. And it makes sense because you you think about like a location um, that that would uh, again up here in Whittier, there's no rooftop lounge, yeah. restaurant, or anything rooftop. So what better place than to put it in a place that has so much history, right? Um, it seems to fit. Plus the views up there. I mean, we we walked up there. Um, you can't beat them. It, it's like on a on, even on a bad day, right? It's awesome views. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we'll, I suggest you put a a, a GoFundMe or a, a, some kind of a campaign to start funding some cash and. Yeah, I th- I think I think the idea about the dresses is still out there. <laughs> renting, renting the dresses, <laughs> yeah. Rent the tuxedo. You're asking, about the, bucks you're tuxedo. asking about the dresses quite a lot, Jesse. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get a package. Yeah. Maybe maybe we get a we start renting all the uh, two for one the uh, carrot horse carriage there and uh, has a limo. I don't know. <laughs> and Betsy comes free. Betsy comes free. You can always get a ride. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, now, uh, Tim, I had a question. You're going to participate in something yeah, that's coming I'm, up in, the, in a month or know, two? Or I, I'm about to make the biggest fool out of myself, <laughs> and, and I'm really kind of upset about it. But for a reason, for a good cause. Well, here's the deal. If, you, if any of you know Fran Shields, she's like four foot nothing, and she'll look up at you with those big brown eyes, and she'll ask for your help, and there's absolutely nobody on the face of the earth that could say no. <laughs> so she asked me to be involved in Dancing with the Whittier Stars. And so me and 11 other faithful fools <laughs> are going to get out Politely, and, right? and shake it for the Community Foundation on May 24th and May 25th. We're doing three shows. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to come out and watch me make a fool out of myself, it'll be worth the 50 bucks. So, uh, you know, you can you can contact me here at the, at the museum uh, and... To pray for me. I'm going to need it. Yeah. Have you ever already started uh, practicing? No, oh, no I but gonna I'm going to be doing the West Coast Swing. West Coast Swing. Yeah. What does that mean? It show us. I'm going to swing it. <laughs> show us. Yeah. I'll show you this. You're right. <laughs> That's what a, do you have a partner? Is it a <laughs> solo? No, or Probably dancing with Rudy Hernandez's wife, Maria. Okay. Yeah, because they know how to dance, and, and I don't. And, it's 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 a good thing for the community yeah. foundation. You know, they they raise money for uh, things that like happen at Parnell Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a petting zoo down there because of the community foundation. A lot of the uh, monuments that have built been built across the Greenway Trail were because of the community foundation. So what they do is they raise money and they give back to the community. So, like I said, how could I say no? This is going to be a, bl- a blast. And, and some of the funds obviously go back to the museum. Uh, yeah, potentially if if I win, I am. They will let me throw a thousand dollars toward a nonprofit. When you win, when I win, <laughs> thank you, Jesse. I could throw a thousand dollars toward a nonprofit, and I can't think of one that's more deserving than us. Makes sense. So, if anybody out there uh, wants to support the Woody Museum and obviously support this uh, great event, uh, you want to give us a little details about the date? Yeah, it's and- uh, it's May twenty fourth and May twenty fifth. There's three shows. Uh, on the 24th, uh, there's a 4 p.m. matinee, and then our evening performance at 7, 
And then on Thursday, there's just our finale, and that starts at 7 o'clock with a 6 p.m. reception. Uh, you can get more information by calling 562-567-9400, and you will be speaking to the, uh, the Parks and Rec Department, which is helping put this on. So um, come on out, laugh at me. I don't care. <laughs> Enjoy, right? Is there anything else you guys wanna you guys wanna uh, promote or anything upcoming that you guys wanna talk about? Well, I think we also have Founders Day coming oh, up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Found, Founders Day. Founders yeah. Day. It's important. Um, that's gonna be on May sixth this year. We had to move it up, so don't get you know upset that it's not on the actual traditional Founders Day, which is uh, f- the thirteenth, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be on the sixth. It. What was the other event happening that we had to move it for? Oh, I'm not sure. But, you know, if, if people get into Founders Day, they can dress up like they were living in the 1800s. They can come out. They can churn their own butter. They can bake their own bread. They they can even enter a mustache contest. Uh, one of our board members, Sean Thompson, is a... Uh, I'm already growing, so... a tough mother. <laughs> there we go. But uh, co- come on out. Support your community on, on, May, uh, on May 6th. That would be awesome to see you out there. Okay, and again, all all this information for listeners would be on our podcast notes, um, and then obviously all the information would be on your guys' Instagram and website, one? which is whittiermuseum.org. Okay. And any questions? We are here all the time. All you have to do is drop us a call at five six two nine four five three eight seven one. And and I don't know if we mentioned this the first time, but where is the museum located? Oh, what is the address? Good call. That would be 6755 Newland Avenue, and that's the corner of Philadelphia and Newland. Give us some landmarks for people well, driving by. Uh, Caddy Corner from Bizarra Capital, and we're next door neighbors with Fiesta Hall. Perfect. We're in that we're in that three story building, four story building, with the mural right in the corner. Right? Three story, two story. We're two stories. Two stories. <laughs> two stories with a third coming. See, I'm already thinking future, man. <laughs> I See like that, that Jesse. John, be positive here. You were the architect on this project, weren't you? Um, yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, anything else you guys want to throw out there? just want to thank the Whittier community for their continued support, and uh, we look forward to teaching your children's generation about Whittier. Awesome. awesome. And with that, thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank See you, you around, you friendly town. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>